We are Anthony and Danielle. We own a pet food store in Columbus, Ohio called Fangs and Fur that is focused on educating pet owners on feeding food nature intended for our pets. You can find us on Instagram at Fangs and Fur Pets or Facebook at Fangs and Fur. If you want to send in a question for Anthony to answer at the end of each episode, message us through our website at fangsfur.com. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and leave a review. This is the Fangs and Fur Podcast. All right, Julie, welcome back again. Thank you uh, for joining us. Um, I'm really excited because today, like I was just saying, actually, before we, we were starting to record, but um, we we're talking about mushrooms today and I don't really, I just don't know that much about mushrooms. You know, I've read a little bit here and there, but like, I just feel like there's this like whole world of mushrooms that I think a lot of people don't quite understand. I think we should just start with what, what are they? I don't even know what they are. I mean, I do, but like, I think a lot of people don't really understand what they are and, and what what parts that we're using, you know, or, or I should say, Adored Beast yeah. is using it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's we'll start there. Well, first of all, I mean, I've been, the mushroom industry is sort of exploding. So yeah. people are going to hear all kinds of different things and how to's, how not to's, you know, the whole, sometimes when, when an industry becomes really big, people are bombarded with information. Right. So kind of like, you know, the raw food industry when it was just trickling in and, you know, there was there was more like, oh, what's bad for you. And now it's like or bad for your animals. And now it's like there's so much information. It's like, you know, what do you extract and what do you let go and what resonates with you and stuff. So the same the same thing holds true with mushrooms. I've been using mushrooms. I was using mushrooms for 25 years dealing with um, helping to navigate my patients with cancer and autoimmune diseases and, and things like that at my, at my practice. Um, I was very lucky. Uh, I worked and was trained and became familiar with medicinal mushrooms um, through a traditional Chinese medicine doctor from China. And he had a very different view of looking at mushrooms than than what I had been reading and trying to research way back then um, that was available because because that was more, you know, sort of conventionally oriented. So there's two different types of mushrooms. Um, one is medicinal. I think they're all medicinal. They all have medicinal value, but you could sort of separate them with culinary, which is you know, when we go and we purchase our portobello mushrooms and things like that, that you see at the grocery store. And then we have medicinal mushrooms that are used more for, you know, healing and, and the, what the, you know, in China and and Japan that they've been using and, you know, our own indigenous cultures have been Mm -hmm. using for, you know, centuries and centuries and centuries of, for medicine. Right. And they're more like our turkey tails and our lion mane and lion's mane and our shiitake and, and uh, reishi and things like that. So mm-hmm. um, there are there, there's a couple different categories of, of mushrooms. But, you know, um, mushrooms are are the like first and foremost, the reason that I that I embrace mushrooms so much, even in my practice, was because of my higher level philosophy of life that that everything is extremely connected 
and there is no compartmentalizing, you know, what what's happening in the forest compared to what's happening in the fields compared to what's happening in the ocean compared to, you know, just life, life as we, as we are living it. And, and as we, as we should know it, I was going to say, as we know it, but really as we should know it and mushrooms, I, I really embrace the philosophy of mushrooms from a perspective of how they work moving away from like the traditional Chinese medicine philosophy and looking at more, how do they, what do they contribute to the, to a forest? Right. Because that's mm-hmm. where the majority of them grow. Right. So um, I was very lucky to be part of, um, you know, at its, at its very beginning stage of, of being able to watch and understand and speak to a, a, a very large uh research project in Vancouver where they took a mother tree and they isolated a mother tree in the forest and they were able to um, uh, inject it with a, with particular gases and watch where these gas, where she sent these gases. Right. Mm. And they found that trees, especially the mother tree communicates with every single tree in the forest. So if there's a tree in the forest or an area of the forest that needs a particular nutrient, she will shut it down from sending it to the rest of the forest and mm-hmm. send it directly to those trees. So there's this there's this incredible intelligence and communication right. in the forest. But how that happens, a lot of how that happens is through the mycelium of mushrooms in the forest bed. Right. So like the, the mycelium, roots. the roots of the trees, but mycelium, the roots of the mushrooms yes, and, right. and, and the, and the, the, the connection of all of those, all of that, all of those root systems in one, not just mushrooms, but root systems of trees and things like that. And then when the, when the mushroom or the mycelium do that, they benefit because they get they get some of the nutrients from from the from the gases and and everything else that is being sent to the trees. So it's I this see. really super symbiotic relationship of how this fungi um, helps to to transport things for the rest of the forest and the forest bed. But it's transporting. It doesn't just create them. It transports them from things that are in the forest bed, like, you know, dead and rotten things that it, it, the, the, the fruiting body, um, uh, uh, for lack of better words, ingests them or, or becomes them sometimes mm-hmm. even. And then those nutrients then get passed in through the forest bed. So it's, it's, it's really fascinating. And I remember someone that works for us in our Montana location, Tracy, I just, I love her to death. Um, And the first time I ever met her, I met her at a conference that I was doing for Dogs Naturally in Chicago. And we were talking and I was telling her this story and I said, yeah, it's like, I feel like, you know, I don't, I don't know if I called her, if I called her, like, you guys are like mycelium, right? Like you're like, my, you're like a mushroom oh, or, or like a fungus or fungus or something. I said, because we need the system to communicate 
like what you're doing now, right? Like mm-hmm. you're you're spreading right. this inf- this amazing information from you know all these people that are coming to you and communicating and this sort of symbiotic synergistic relationship that you're that you're creating through your podcast. Right. You know, I said that to her once, and I don't think she's ever forgotten that. We, that you're we like talk a about fun guy. <laughs> Yes. She's like, she actually made a little, a little, um, t-shirt saying I'm, I'm a, I am now a proud fungi for ABA or something. I can't remember which she was like, it was, it was hilarious. It was so amazing. So anyways, so, so, um, it, it is, it is part and parcel fungi is part and parcel of, of basically everything in nature, yeah. right? Everything in forests, everything in, in what should be natural in our soils and, and, and things like that. So, so for people they that, are, for people they that are, don't, um, understand, I didn't know this until like a few weeks ago, but like, so when we say the fruiting body, we mean like the part that we see like the, the actual mushroom looking part. Right. And then the mycelium is more like the, the, almost like the root system, would you say of like the, the fruit? That's the easiest way to describe it. Yes. And that's that's the easiest way to describe it. So when, when you see um, a mushroom growing out of a, out of a log, Mm -hmm. right. Or you see a mushroom growing out of the ground or wherever it's growing, it has its, its root system or it's, it's system called the mycelium. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you're going to hear people say that the fruiting body is, is more beneficial than you're going to hear people say that the mycelium part of it is more, is more, um, medicinal. So that's when I was saying, like, you're gonna, you're gonna wind up, um, hearing different things, right. Sure. Different, different yeah. people's opinions and I've stuff. Come across my this. opinion is, yeah, I've come across this gonna, in my own research is like, yeah. Right. So we're going to talk about that because I have a very strong view, like I always do with everything yeah. on that. It doesn't mean that my view is is is, is the view, mm-hmm. but it, it is my view. So let me just, I just want to um, explain to you something that Dr., his name was Dr. Tsu, and he was probably one of the most brilliant doctors I've ever met in my whole life. And I was really, really lucky to work with him for three years in my at my vet hospital in B.C., and he was the one that taught me about about medicinal mushrooms, and and it it when they look at mushrooms, like even with homeopathic medicine and even some herbal medicines, it's called like the signature of the of the remedy or the signature of the plant or the you know sort of like what does the plant look like. Like even from a visual point of view, what does it do? Where does it grow? Does it grow like on a traumatic side of a of a mountain? Like, you know, Arnica, everybody knows what, a lot of people know what, knows what Arnica is, right? Yeah. So Arnica lives in a traumatic sure. environment and it treats trauma. Yeah. So when we look at the, when we look at that perspective or chamomile, right? Like chamomile is soothing. And it's when you look at chamomile and you watch it, right? It's not this stiff, like plant, you know, and it'll, it'll intermingle with other plants to actually calm other plants down and stuff. So when we look at mushrooms, he used to say to me, what is, what is this mushroom? What does this mushroom look like? And it's like, 
you know, I'm well, it looks like his point was he was trying to help me look at the mushrooms and then look at the tumors that I was dealing with. Oh, okay. Which mushrooms resembled those tumors. And when you think about it, when you when you watch a um a documentary like if it, if anyone hasn't watched fantastic fungi sure. they need to because it's, it's an Netflix, incredible it's an incredible yeah. yeah it's an incredible documentary um but when you and you'll watch you'll see that i think it's a dead mouse mm-hmm. and this 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 mushroom basically ingests this dead mouse and becomes this fruiting body and this 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 mushroom right so yeah. it, it decomposes and sort of then then becomes something else so when we think of chinese medicine and we think of tumors and we think of particular mushrooms um that's some of the concept that it's that it has the ability to in fact um decompose and and turn it into something else almost from a from from a tumor perspective but it also has that similar um uh philosophy of doing it even to cancer cells or to to sell unhealthy cells in the body right to sort of regain homeostasis by removing or or affecting or whatever you want to call it it doesn't really matter cells that are unhealthy Right. right. So it, it, it helps to regain homeostasis in the cells. Right. Girls Can Raw is an Ohio business started by a girl with an uncontrollable passion for pets and all things natural. By combining this passion with extensive research, they begin making all natural, carnivore focused treats and chews that both pets and their owners will go nuts for. Check them out at girlsgonerawpet.com. Feed your pet food made from the freshest and healthiest ingredients found in Steve's Real Food. Every Steve's formula is pH balanced and uses only 100% natural, high-quality USDA-inspected free-range meats and unprocessed whole and functional foods. We know that what you choose to feed your pet is just as important as what you choose to feed yourself, which is why Steve's Real Food is formulated for optimal health that exceeds AFCO minimums. See how much better your pet will feel after just a few weeks on Steve's Real Food. Find out more in the podcast show notes. Um, so... That's kind of what they are. And they've been used, they've been used for thousands and thousands of years in every indigenous, indigenous society from, you know, Tibet to Asia to North America to it doesn't, it doesn't matter like everywhere in the world they've, they've used mushrooms. Um, So it's not a new thing. Definitely, definitely not a new thing. It might feel like it it, because people, it's more accepted now, I guess, but. They've been around since yeah. the beginning of the time. So. And there's there's a lot of research going into it. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. So the more research, the more awareness, the more people are looking at it as, you know, how does it how does it work? What does it do? Yeah. As a matter of fact, we were talking about this before we started, um, before you came on, but we were talking about the theory that um, apes have, were kind of started, a long, long time ago, started eating like psilocybin and it kind of, created this rapid evolution in their their brain essentially a rapid development in their brain yeah um, again this is a theory yeah. and they started communicating with each other better and working with each other together and now you know here we are in a way right so i don't know yeah just an interesting well theory. i mean you know uh, there's theories and then there's there is 
you know, that's that's the little piece that I want to go into, like about the science and research, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's something magical about 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 mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Ha. Yeah. I'm talking about But there there is there is something that is inherently wise. I think that's with every plant, every tree, everything, everything in nature. But when it comes to to mushrooms, my personal opinion of why that happens is because it's it is so part of everything. Right. Like it's it's um, it's it's inherent wisdom from being able to, it's like, it's almost like, okay, if you're a translator or you're, you're someone that's around as you're growing up, you know, six different languages, you're going to learn those six different languages, right? Just, just by being around it. So when a mushroom is in the mushroom is in the forest floor or in amongst all of this um, wisdom, plants, trees, animals, it does, it doesn't reptiles. It doesn't matter it's 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 inherent wisdom is is profound because it's everywhere right it's it is part it's kind of like part of everything right so um when we do look into psilocybin let's just say yeah there there is so much research in in how psilocybin can dramatically affect ptsd um uh, you know, all kinds of brain disorders, yeah. just, you know, depression, anxiety, the list, the list goes on and on and on. Uh-huh. Uh, lion's mane, lion's mane is another one, right? Like if yeah. you, this, and this is what's kind of cool. When you look at lion's mane, it looks like a brain. Like it literally looks like a brain huh. and they're, I've never they're, seen it. Like- they're using it. Yeah. Huh. Like, like if you Google and, oh, and I take have a seen look it. at what lion's yeah, no, mane. It's kind of like, um. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Not porous, but kind like of. Like a sponge. Or, yeah, like a sponge. Like a sponge yeah. or a brain. It really, really resembles yeah, yeah, yeah. brain tissue, right? And, you know, they're using it. They're they're finding incredible results with concussions and, mm. you know, brain traumas and, and helping to regenerate nerve endings and like nerves in the brain and helping to rewire nerves in the brain and things like that. So, so, and I think that, you know, Paul, Paul Stamets, he's, he's incredible. Um, you know, he, he talks about like a stacking thing with like psilocybin and lion's mane, right? It's all, it's all brain, brain related stuff. Yeah. So, um, am I okay? Am, am I breaking up or anything? You're good. Yeah, you're fine. I no, agree. I'm good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, there's, there is, so many interesting qualities about it. So I feel like, you know, to say it's just the mycelium, to say it's just the fruiting body, what worries me about that is that my my big sort of push up against sort of uh, natural medicine in general is that we have to be really careful that that we don't become too compartmentalized. Because I know why we do it, because we get so much pushback. And I've, and I've spoken about this in, with supplements and stuff, right? Like we get so much pushback from conventional medicine, the Western um, theories, things like that, that we have to prove ourselves in science mm-hmm. that 
in order to do that, you have to go, okay, so we are just going to measure the amounts of polysaccharides, beta-glucans, triterpenes, because we literally don't have enough days, times, years in our lifetime or in the moment that we're trying to get something recognized or generally recognized as safe, right? Like to even be able to use it for anything. You're not going to be able to dig into the thousands of of the thousands of 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 molecular composition of a mushroom sure. and find all the things that they do so they choose you know the cbd or the cbd and the in the um uh you know the marijuana industry did sort of the same thing like we know how much how many different things we don't even know about right. in in with that. And we just look at THC and the same thing, like the, the specifics of, of what's, what we know, what we know is in there. Right. Yeah. So the same thing I think happens with mushrooms. So in order to get funding, what? No, I was thinking, I was thinking the phrase that you can't see the forest for the trees kind of thing. Like you're getting too locked in on one aspect. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. That's 100% what's happening. But, you know, I'm not poo-pooing it, really, because I I understand, like I do research at Dalhousie University for cancer, right? Mm -hmm. And I can't look at every single, it frustrates me to no end. I'm constantly like, yeah, but what about this? And yeah, but what about that? And, but you can't. You just, you just can't like you would, you don't get funding for that. The way people get funding is to isolate things, Yeah. right? This is the isolation of this. That's how you get intellectual property patents. You have to isolate that and say that this is what you own. This is how our world works. Right. So I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying that it's sad because you just, you just couldn't ever know what you're kind of throwing out with the bathwater. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I see what you're saying. In comparison right. to what you're what you're researching. You right. just we just don't know. Just don't know. That. So I feel like when it comes to is mycelium better, is is fruiting body better, it's like saying, are my legs better or is my brain better? Right? Yeah. Is yeah. my is my are my eyes and ears better or are my abilities, my ability to use my hands better? You know, is my gut smarter than my brain? Is my brain smarter than my gut? Like, yeah. like, how do you, how do you, how do you separate them? So, and also, I, I like, don't, I don't, I feel like what, uh, what you're saying with it being kind of corporatized and mainstream now is, and we'll probably go into this, but like the way that they're being grown too right is another big aspect that we're, we're talking about like mycelium <laughs> yeah you know what i mean and like people i've heard stories of like uh them doing tests on like some mushroom supplements and they find that it's just mostly like grain because they're growing in on grain and they're using a the mycelium not using the fruiting but i'm you know we'll go into this i don't want to go jump ahead all but, of that's true yeah but all of that's true yeah. because so again what i want to say is that I think mushrooms are so amazing. Like I said, I've been using mushrooms and working with mushrooms for like 27 years. 
So this is nothing new to me. This is something that, you know, my mom would make us mushrooms, like mushroom teas and stuff for our immune system. So, you know, my entire life I've been, I've been, um, very lucky to have had mushrooms in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, on some, on some concept in some, in some way, but, um, so I, I do believe that they all have medicinal value. Like it, I don't think that you can't say that this isn't working or this is working or that I think it all works. It's just your philosophy. What fits, what fits for you. Sure. So the reason I feel how I feel is because tandemly, when I was researching mushrooms and working with mushrooms in my practice, tandemly, I was I became a, you know, microbiology bacteria freak, right? Mm-hmm. Like wanting to know everything that I could find out about bacteria and everything I could find out about the gut microbiome. And like, I just, it was like, you know, that's why I don't have a husband, right? Because I just, I, I, I don't do anything, but like I get like stuck on something and I can't let it go. So I, I, it was sort of this tandem thing of, of that understanding at the same time. And so for me, I look at bacteria. So, so when they mushrooms, you have to be careful with mushrooms because they can get bacterias. They can, they can get mold. They are susceptible to things. They, they are, you know, they're, they're vulnerable, like anything, if you're going to plant them in huge amounts, Right. Anything that grows in massive, massive quantities are going to be susceptible to disease. Yeah. Chickens. Monocrop agriculture. Yeah. Monocrop agriculture. Right. Like, you know, pests, uh, insects, Mm -hmm. fungus, like other funguses, like mold, um, bacteria. Because they're not growing in their natural environment. They're not being allowed to grow and move and change and stuff with their environment. So when mushrooms are grown in a sterile environment and in a way that, you know, um, you know, they're, they're crowded, they're together, they're not in their natural atmosphere, then you have to be very careful so, you know, there's things that, you know, you have to be careful that it's it's a sterile environment, right? Mm-hmm. Now, am I saying that those mushrooms don't have any value? No, I'm not I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that when I went to produce a mushroom line for my company, I found it really hard to find mushrooms that I wanted to use that I used at my practice in my clinic. Yeah. And that's because everything that I used in my clinic was wildcrafted, mm-hmm. right? So I used all predominantly always wildcrafted um, mushrooms. Right. So I knew because, you know, my philosophy that bacteria is brilliant, right? All I think it, bacteria yeah. is one of the most brilliant things in our universe. Yeah. It can morph. It can change. It can it can outsmart antibiotics. It can outsmart. It is brilliant. So when I think of that concept of when I talk about probiotics and feeding probiotics with, you know, particular fingerprints of, you know, ancestors and things like that, I feel the same. I feel like a mushroom 
that is grown in bacteria, meaning natural bacteria, sure. where deers poop mm-hmm. and where the water comes from, you know, a low-lying swamp area where the leaves are falling and the things are falling from the trees and decomposing. And, you know, just like in Fantastic Fungi, where you see it eating a mouse, a dead mouse, right? Like that's bacteria. I can't help so, but think it's like, so it's, like a, it's like a grass fed. As I, I just keep thinking this analogy in my head, but it's like a pasture raised uh, cow versus an industrialized grain fed cow. You know what I mean? It's a different nutrient profile yeah, altogether. Yeah, it's similar. Yeah. It's very similar because I don't feel like they're happy yeah. living in bags. Yeah. I don't think that they have the communication. The And I they don't have the, the I mean, we clearly know they communicate, right? Like, right. I mean, people may be listening to this podcast now and going like, she's right off of her, you know, out of her mind. But we know that they communicate. Not my customers. Because they my send- customers are listening. That's not true. <laughs> I think we all are. <laughs> okay. But. But they, but they, but they are able to direct where they're going. They're able to be like, okay, hey, mama, mama tree's going like, hey, yeah, we need this scent over here, and we need to send that over there. If that's not communication, what is that? Right. You know, like, so part of that communication to me is the bacteria. You know, like if they eat, if they eat a mouse, if they're growing in this kind of bacteria, they are going to get that energetic. Even let's use the word immune intelligence okay. from from that, right? From that bacteria, because that's how it happens to you. It's what happens to your dogs, your horses, your cats. Doesn't matter to our soil mm-hmm. when we when we implant or when we digest particular bacteria,s it stimulates our immune system. We are so proud of our sponsor today, our friends at Steve's Real Food, who help make the Fangs and Fur podcast come true. Anthony, what do you like best about Steve's? They're whole food ingredients. They don't use any synthetics, and it's real simple. When they come into Fangs and Fur, I'll always pull out a box of Steve's Real Food, and I'll show them what's in their food. So come into our shop to learn more about Steve's from Anthony, or visit stevesrealfood.com. This is Dr. Jim Carlson. We look forward to seeing you at Lifetime Pet Wellness Center. Our friendly professional team helps us offer your pet conventional medicine, surgery, and dentistry as well as integrative options like acupuncture, chiropractics, nutritional medicine, Chinese herbal medicine, homeopathy, cold laser therapy, pulsed magnetic therapy, and ozone. We have recently added PRP, platelet-rich plasma, and stem cell therapies. These new therapies increase our philosophy of regenerative medicine and are often used for arthritic conditions but have many other uses as well. We are strong believers in the use of wholesome, fresh foods and raw foods, since healthy diet probably accounts for 75% of your pet's health. Visit us on Facebook, Instagram, or the web at www.lifetimepetwellness.com or call 614-888-2100. Well, how does it do that? Because the bacteria is able to function in a way that, that, that navigates our immune system. The same thing happens with everything that grows, everything, not just mushrooms, our food, like you said, our yeah. food, our plants, our crops, our, our, our animals, everything is, is affected by that. Yeah. So I couldn't find something. So I, 
I went and um, decided, okay, well then I'm gonna I'm gonna do my own thing, and I I purchased or our business purchased um, a, a large forest, and we are we are in our third year now of using the forest not only to to grow the mushrooms, but to do a bunch of research on them, okay. meaning. What do they do when they do, what do they, what happens if they do get, like, I'm very lucky. I have been, I always say this every single podcast that I have the most amazing business partner, because I said, I want to have sections of the forest where we can just let them teach us what they need, mm-hmm. not force. Oh yeah. We have, we have to bleach them. We have to do this to them. We have to do that to them. So they don't get mold. Mm-hmm. Right. So the first year we got mold on our logs, some yeah. of our logs, it's like, okay, well, how'd that happen? Why'd that happen? And then I'm like, let them tell us how it happened and why it happened. Let's do a whole bunch of different things, put them in different places, do all the, you know, put some of them, you know, in the ground, do this, do that. Let's try different things and and let nature teach us why they're getting mold. Right? Like right. where do they need where they where do they need to be? Where do they want to be? Right. What, you know. Do they need to be moved from this side to this side, this then? Like, like it, it, so we have a big part of our forest as a research part, okay. as a research forest of, of not bringing anything in, like no new things or anything weird like that. Just literally watching nature and going, okay, thank you. We get it. Right. You know, thanks for the lesson. Yeah. Because it's our best teacher. But not a lot of people can afford that. I don't even mean financially afford that. But, you know, they need to, you know, they've decided they're going to get into the mushroom industry. So they need to produce, you know, they need to have X amount of mushrooms every month. They need to do have so many crops, so much of their crop. And they're putting this in bags. They they produce them in bags. Is that what you're saying? Like when they industrialize. Not in the forest. No, not in your forest, but like the industrialized mushroom companies that do this on a large scale are using. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even understand. But some are grown, but some are still grown on logs, right? Mm -hmm. So they they try to grow them in logs, but those logs are in like a building that looks like, you know, an auditorium, a football auditorium. Oh, interesting. Yeah. They're not, they're not in forests. Right. But some people do do them in forests, mm-hmm. right? So, so my my um, my research and my goal is that I that I you know subscribe to the fact that they need to be where they're supposed to be in their natural inhabitant as much as possible, and if we can't do their natural natural inhabitant, to try to try to mimic that as best as I possibly can, you yeah. know, and 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 create that 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 even that energy for them and you know so so you know are they grown on logs awesome where are the logs Mm -hmm. you know and then how are they processed and like there's there's that whole there's a big 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 piece of by the time you get it and ingest it or by the time you get it and feed it to your dog or your does it have that that ancient wisdom that you were talking about Yeah. yeah yeah you know and i don't think that they ever don't Mm-hmm. You know, don't get me wrong. I feel like you'd have to you'd have to breed that out of them for a very, very, very long time. Yeah. But I don't. I feel like do they have the bacteria that they need? Right? Do they mm-hmm. have the? Do they have that? You know, are they really grown on 
what they would naturally grow on. Are, are they, you know, so yes, you're a hundred percent right. Do they have the wisdom to do everything that they need to do that we're taking them for? Right. So, you know, when we talk about beta glucans or polysaccharides or, you know, the, the big, the, the, you know, the big names that they, that they're, that they're researching for stuff, you know, they're, then they're, it's like they're, it's almost like they're breeding them to produce even more of that because that's where the research goes. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, like, like now we're getting into not even making them, not even allowing them to have this balanced, this balanced composition that we don't even know what that balanced composition is, you know? So, so when someone says, well, this one has more beta glucans than this, or this one has this kind of beta glucan and this has this, and this has that, it it just, I'm like, okay, then that's where you need to go and you need to purchase those mushrooms Mm -hmm. because that's where you feel safe. That's your comfort zone. Your comfort zone is in the science and taking one or two things and researching the daylights out of it. And that's where your comfort zone is. And that's important. I've always said that to you, right? Yeah. Like I can tell people my philosophy, but if they aren't feeling comfortable with it and they're feeding their dog that, or they're taking it themselves because they've, you know, just had a diagnosis or they're, or they're trying to prevent something or they're just trying to maintain their health. They have to, they have to feel, they have to feel safe in themselves and, 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 and good in themselves at what they're taking. You know, that energy needs to be there. Right. And if they're, and if they're not, then so some people want the sterilized mushrooms that are grown in oats or whatever And, and are, you know, you know, know that it has X amount of beta glucans and X amount of polyphenols and, and, you know, particular, you know, the five particular things. Um, And that's in my experience through natural medicine with humans and animals and just living in nature my entire life. To me, that is not how nature heals. It doesn't heal compartmentalized in by just isolating right. five or six things from something that has hundreds of things and thousands even sometimes that we of things in them. Yeah. Lots, lots especially with mushrooms. We don't I feel see like there's lots we that we don't, aren't even aware of, you know, yet. Tons. Yeah. Tons and tons. So, you know, don't get too hung up. Like, like you know, I don't think there's anything negative to buying a mushroom that's been grown in a a sterile thing, right? Like it's not, it's not negative. It's not positive. It just is, Yeah. you know, and, 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 and it's, it's, what do you feel, you know, what do you feel best with? Like a lot, some of my research at Dalhousie with cancer is mushrooms. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's a, it's, um, it's been a very big eye opener for me sure. of our lack of understanding Mm-hmm. of why things do what and my a big eye opener for me when they're then they're like okay well we need to take this one thing and we need to break it down and fractionize it yeah. and see what it does yeah so i'm part of that world sure. right and the only reason i'm part of that world is because i want to understand it 
because yeah. I feel like I need to understand everything. That's just yeah. kind of who I am. So, and I don't think that that's a bad thing, you know, like when we're talking about things like cancer, or we're talking about really bad autoimmune disease, or we're talking about something intense. I've always said there's room for everything, meaning right. like there's room for, there's room for this, right? And then there, and, 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 and does that have less consequences than a drug, mm-hmm. you know? So if something is fractionized and compartmentalized and, but you can see in the research what it does, you know, is that a poo poo when it comes to, okay, I'm, you know, I can see the research on this and then I see the research on this drug and I'm going to go for this and I'm going to go for this one because I see the research and I feel more confident saying no to a drug because I can see what this does. Right. So I think it's valid. I think sure. there's room for all of that stuff. That's what you're saying. But when and where and how and, you know, does it have to just be one or could it be one and, and that? Can it be this? Yeah. Can it be that? Like, I, I just, just feel like with the, when we try to stick nature in a box and this is right and that's right and this is where it goes is where we fall into the fall or get sucked into yeah, that we'll conventional the, the industrial. Big, the big picture. Yeah. Um, mindset. Yeah. So obviously sourcing is is really important for you. Um, but also the way you adore beasts, I know it extracts the, I don't even know, the, the polyphenols and the adaptogens and all the, the good things, or I guess just the mushroom in general is different than what I've seen for most companies. Like that, cause I give mm-hmm. like, for example, I give Mozzie the turkey tail um, almost every day. Um, and so, but it's in a liquid form. And I know you guys do like the triple yeah. extraction and I was kind of reading about that, but can you kind of talk about that? Like explain like that, that, that's a big difference. I feel like with compared to other brands. It is, it is a big difference. And um, the reason that I do that is, is literally again, not what's right and what's wrong, but what I saw in practice, what seemed to work the best. So anything that I can give to anything that's sick that doesn't require as much digestive energy is what I do. Okay. Right? Because I don't have a microscope going down every single dog's gut and going down every single person's gut and yeah. whatever to see like, you know, what is your ability to absorb this nutrient, even if it's the best nutrient in the entire planet. Right. What what what's the easiest way? And because I have such a strong, I grew up, you know, with my mom and, 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 you know, being around elders and things like that, I have tinctures are just something that I grew up with. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's something that resonates very deeply with me because I feel like the biggest thing, there is less manufacturing in it. Sure. Right. There's, there's less, there's less, um, um maybe trauma to the plant less less there's there's less steps there's less process you know there, it's just it's to me it's just closer to that that original way that that it would have been made and yeah. and and taken makes sense so 
when I have, you know, when I had very sick animals at, at my clinic, it wasn't difficult to just to, to, to take a tincture and dribble, a, dribble it along a gum line or in the pocket of an animal's mouth. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it didn't, it doesn't make their food taste yucky. It yeah. doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't require a bunch of food in their stomach. It doesn't, and it doesn't require the body to digest it in the same way. It's, it's, it, in, in my experience, I've seen animals um, react quicker, positively quicker with tinctures than powders, you know, in, in, with things like this, things that need to be extracted. Right. Right. So with mushrooms, that's, that's a good point. The, the chitin has to be broken down. Right. So, so, you know, let's just use chaga for an example, as an example, you know, chaga, uh, originally and sort of historically is made into a tea, yeah. right? And you and you drink the tea, and that and and we know through lots of scientific data how incredibly medicinal that is, yeah. phenomenally from from Russia to China to Japan to everywhere on this on, in this continent, we know their benefits. Right. But it's different when you're talking about about that because to do it correctly, you're simmering it for hours and hours and then reducing it and simmering it again for hours and hours because you're breaking down the chitons of, of the mushroom, right? Which is like the, the hard sort of coating that allows for the medicinal values and the digestibility and the bioavailability. Your dog or cat is a member of your family. You want the very best for each and every member of your family. And that extends right down to the food that they eat. For over 30 years, Northwest Naturals has been manufacturing the highest quality raw frozen pet foods in Portland, Oregon. For you, the pet owner, Northwest Naturals comes in convenient packaging, easy to open, easy to store, and easy to thaw and serve to your pets. Quality ingredients, food safety, and the highest standards for manufacturing practices are what make Northwest Naturals the best complete and balanced raw food for your pet. Find out more in our podcast show notes. At Girls Gone Raw Pet Health, our goal is to provide unique, nutrition-packed, carnivore-focused, dehydrated treats and chews that your pets will go nuts over and that you can feel confident feeding them. We hand-select only the highest quality human-grade meats, foster relationships with small, generational family farms, and scour the market for the freshest, most unique products. So get fresh and go raw with us. Follow us on social media at Girls Gone Raw Pet Health for nutrition tips and industry news, and find local retailers and shop online at girlsgonerawpet.com. Okay. But you could sit and drink eight cups of chaga a day. Yeah. Right. How are you going to get eight cups of chaga into your dog or your cat? Yeah. You know, and, and if you're feeling really sick and you're not feeling like drinking or eating anything to, to, to drink that much is, 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 is difficult. Right. So we, um, the way we do our extractions is we also do them in a different way. So we have a, a really cool, just, it's almost like a, it's almost like I'll call it a still all the time. Yeah. We're going, we got to do something with this anyways. Yeah. Um, uh, because it, it doesn't heat. We use it, we use it, it's, it, it's almost like a distillation in comparison to an extraction. Okay. So a lot of extractions use high, 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 high heat. Sure. Like water. Yeah. Right. 
um, and alcohol or whatever, or just alcohol and no water, or sometimes it's just water and no alcohol, depending on people's philosophies. Yeah. And um, because the the triterpenes and stuff need to be extracted. Certain things need to be extracted because they're not water soluble. So you you have to use alcohol, right? So that right. that's the reason why there's the the difference of the two. So, um, and it depends on when they're when that distillation happens. You know, so you'll read some people go, you have to do the water extraction first and then you do the alcohol extraction. Because if you do the alcohol extraction first, it destroys some of the the composition that the, you know, it's like, it's very complicated, sure. right? Like, so yeah. you, you just have to be sure. So we purchased this incredible extractor that um, took forever in a day to get here. And it is um it is like a distill a distillation where it never heats up so hot that it that it has the potential to burn the plant material wow right so it it recycles and chills and then comes down and recycles and chills and comes down and recycles wow. and chills and it saves tons of water and it's super yeah. environmentally cool and and it it at the end of the day it's it's amazing because it it does it really effectively but in a really really gentle very gentle way yeah and it's it's so that's what we do yep so we that is different than than a lot of companies what a lot of companies do because if you have powder you have to be really careful with anything that's powder because the they extract it first so when you see a powder some companies do just take the the mushroom and dry them and grind them mm -hmm. into a powder. Um, my concern with that is that the chitons would not be able to be absorbed, right? The chitons would okay. get broken down, but they're still chitons. They're still there. So they require even more digestion. Okay. The, the extraction process happens with all powders or many, I shouldn't say all, cause some do just grind it down. Like I just said, Yeah. but they get extracted. So how do they get extracted? How high does the heat go? Like, how, you know, you you, you might want to dig into all of that stuff. Like, right. how hot does your water get? Like, how, you know, do you do your distillation of alcohol first, then water second, water second, alcohol first. And right. then you got to dig into that of which one feels most complicated. It's, it's a very it's complicated, complicated yeah. thing. It's very complicated, but for, for what we're doing... Um, it's, it is, it, for me, feels the best because it, we're able to not, we're able to extract everything without reducing um, any of the medicinal value, you know, by, by traumatizing it with too much heat or alcohol, right? right. Um, and it's, it's just a, it's a very hands-on thing, but what I was going to say, so elk, most mushrooms are, are, are extracted first and then they have to be sprayed on something in order to, to make them a powder. And a lot of plants are like that too. So when you buy a powdered herb, right. So either they're evaporated spray dried, right. Which is, mm -hmm. which is using really, really high heat to evaporate the water yeah. or the liquid, the extraction, and then that turns into a powder or they're spray dried onto an excipient, right? Okay. Which is 
often maltodextrin or silicone dioxide or something, right? So it needs an, it needs something to adhere to in order to dry. Right. So, you know, people will look at a powder of mushroom and go, oh, that's mushrooms. Well, it's not mushrooms. It's mul- mushrooms and maltodextrin right. or it's mushrooms and silicone dioxide or it's mushrooms and whatever. So I just chose to do it this way. And it's like, you know, everyone's like, oh, but then it's hard to, you know, it's in a bottle and it's in liquid and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, it is what I feel is the best. Yeah. It's and I don't want really easy to administer as far as it I, is easy. Yeah. It is easy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's expensive to ship because it's heavier water, yeah. water and glass is heavier. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's, there's, there's the industrial commercialized downsize of it. But for me, that's not ever something that I look at. It's like, what is going to work the best? Right. What would I give to myself? What would I give to my animals? What would I give to my family and my friends? Right. And that's, that's what we produce. But, you know, the other thing about microbiome, which is my, my, which is our medicinal mushroom company and myco is spelled M-Y-C-O for like mycology and then biome for bacteria and, 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 um, is that our our goal with that is a big, huge environmental goal, right? So clear cut is a huge problem for me. I uh, It makes me feel like I'm going to throw up every time I go buy one or whatever. Um, just the destruction that clear cutting does to our environment, yeah. what we're dealing right now with, right. with, with forest fires and um, – uh, air quality mm-hmm. and it is it is a it is a we can we've proven that we can produce the same amount of wood same amount of wood going in and selectively logging yeah. in comparison to going in and devastating sure the environment and the 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 soil and the like like everything like yeah. our air that we breathe everything by clear cutting so my one of my goals is to produ- to create to create this research do this thing in this forest and then and and what we're doing is we're rewilding part of a clear cut oh, we're trying okay. to we're part trying of the to rewild that you bought clear is, cut. okay Neat. yeah is clear cut and then the other part is um uh old growth Okay. So we're trying to look at, you know, you know, rewilding this one section. And um, it's amazing how the mushrooms actually grow in, in the clear cut. It's, it's crazy. Like how they just adapt, right. They're oh, okay. just so adaptive. It's insane. Um, and my, my long-term goal is to show sort of the world that forests are worth a lot more than just pulp and paper you know, and that they need to be respected and rewilded and not just replanted like a, like a field of oats. Right. You know? Yeah. It's much more complicated than that. Yeah. It's much more complicated than that. And so, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a big venture, but saying that that's just sort of who I am. So, you know, to, to, just to clarify to everybody that's listening, I don't think there's a right or wrong way 
You know, ABA just wants to always do as much low carbon footprint as we can. So if we don't have to bring mushrooms in from Asia, then we don't, right? It's like right. just like literally from planes and and we're taught we're not saying that they're bad, they're wrong, they're they're whatever. We're just saying if we can produce them, you know, with less carbon footprint. Yeah. And actually give back to nature by growing trees to produce these things and to, you know, bring back the environment and wildlife and bring back air quality, then it's that symbiotic thing that mushrooms do. I'm curious. Right? I'm curious, like what it looks like, like the part of the forest where you're growing these, the mushrooms, like, what is it? It's hard to imagine. I don't know. Like, it, it, I mean, cause I don't know. Is, so, it, is it like just covered with like, like mushrooms or is it just kind of like, like it looks like a forest? No, it looks like a forest. Okay. And then we have pockets of the forest that have, we inoculate the logs. So we buy spores, right? And now yeah. we're growing our own. Okay. So we're producing our own spore. And um, you inoculate the logs and, you know, some people just use regular wax or paraffin or whatever. We use beeswax so that it's even more natural. And some people go, oh, but beeswax have has, you know, bacteria. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And we encourage deer to poop yeah. around the logs and right. everything. Right. So, um, so we have all different ways that we stack these logs and we, you know, we have to have them in the sun first and then we have to move them under shade cover. So we put them in, like we have little, little camps okay. for them. Right. So yeah. it's like, there's the nursery section where they have to have sunlight and then they have to be you know, then they have to go through the swamp and the water and then they have to go into the shade and then they have to like, so they go into different spots. Oh, okay. So you guys are moving them and around And some too. of them are, yep, we have to okay. move them around yeah. the logs that we inoculate. Okay. But saying that we, we have them in, some of them are in totems, which means that the bottoms are actually in the ground, right? Okay. Some of them are stacked in, 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 it would almost look like cribbing, you know, yeah. Um, some of them are leaned up against other trees. Some of them are. We've done. We've done so many different styles to see which one they like, which ones they like. Which yeah. you know does does you know reishi and shiitake like something different than turkey tail and lion's mane? Do they like you know? It's like who likes what? Tell us right. what you want. You know, and, and and we'll do it for you. So. Um, so and wood, then wood is the substrate that you're using essentially, right? Instead of like, I don't know, grains or rice flour or whatever other people are using. Or, no, no they're, we're growing them in what they would more. Right. Yeah. You would, you would, we're growing them in what you would see them grow in. The why is, forest, why is naturally. wood such a good like substrate form? Like, why do they do? I mean, I guess that's just where they naturally are. It's where you naturally see them, but you know why? Yeah. Is. Because they fall down. Uh-huh. Because they, they grow on trees that are dead, right? Fall, okay. Fallen trees. Sure. Yeah. So the fallen trees are decaying. Okay. So mushroom likes, mushrooms like decay. Yeah. Because that's part of their job in the forest yeah. is to clean up decay yeah. and to break it down faster to then feed the forest floor. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So what we're also, also what we're doing is we're inoculating stumps. So all these stumps that are left oh, behind in the clear cut, in the clear cut. Yeah. We're seeing like, okay, do you like this? 
You know, do you, do you, you like provide, that? Do you have to provide shade? Because like, I imagine. Well, the that's where. Yes. Yeah. We do have to provide shade. And that's, yeah. you know, that's the crappy thing about clear cuts and forest fires, right? Is that right. they're just, they're just like timber boxes, right? They're just, they're just so exposed to the heat. Right. And then the, when they clear cut them, all that, um, all that, you know, wood dust and shavings and, and, and sawdust fall on the ground. Mm-hmm. And then it rains a little or it gets a bit damp. It dries on the top but the underneath stays wet and then it spontaneously combusts and it just yeah. starts a fire right. from, from nothing. So, but saying that what's kind of cool is that we're seeing that some of them don't need shade. They're so, that's what I'm saying. They're so, it's, they're so smart. Like that's, they're so adaptable and they're so smart and that's, and it's like, okay, like, do they know <laughs> that, 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 that they need to come in and help this, this land? Like, like, is there something like, how are they growing? They have no shade. They're supposed to always have shade. Yeah. Why is this happening? How do they know? How yeah. do they know? Why? Like, why? So everyone's telling us, oh, don't do that. They'll die. They have no shade. Yeah. Well, they're not dying. Right. And, and they're able to, they're able to survive. Do they grow like they do in the forest? No, they don't. Yeah. Um, but they found they a way. don't propagate like that. Yeah. Pardon? I said, but they found a way, right? I mean, they, they found some way. We find a way and it's almost like, it not this cool? Because now this is going to happen and then they're going to feed the forest floor, forest floor and then birds are going to come down and eat and poop and then plant seeds for other, fla- other plants and shrubs and berries and whatever. Like it's, it, it, it's fascinating to watch nature work. In, in what I, when I look at that and it's, it's almost like, I feel like a war zone happened. Yeah. You know, when you see these forests yeah and it's like, holy, wow. Like, look at, look at what nature can do. Yeah. It's in, it's incredible. Almost like a Chernobyl kind of thing. All right. So we're going to stop the podcast right there. We're going to put this into two episodes. It's a lot of information to, to, to digest. Um, and then we'll, uh, this will be part one and then we'll have the second half come out next week. So if you have a question that you want us to answer on our next podcast, you can find us a few different ways. You can send an email to danielle at fangsfur.com. You can find us on our website, fangsfur.com, or you can direct message us on Instagram at fangs and fur pets. The views and opinions on this podcast should not be used as an alternative to veterinary advice. We always encourage you to seek the professional advice of your vet. Before starting a raw diet, we encourage you to ask lots of questions, do your research, and speak with a qualified vet and or canine feline nutritionist.